As the high school football season rolls on, we've got you covered. This is Next Round Preps on the Double Down Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome in to another season of Next Round Preps here on the Next Round. I'm John Lunsford, joined as always by Jerry Young, and uh, if you don't know, the team that will call all the Thompson football games this season. And uh, Jerry, a little bit of a weird game for us in our first game, but kind of a bizarre week overall in uh, week zero of the AHSA. Yeah, first of all, I still don't know why we call it week zero. Why can't we start either. with one? That's so aggravating to me because of zero. But that being said, yes, there were some strange outcomes. The one that you just mentioned, the strangest, I think, of all. We expected to play them tight. We expected maybe win in the Thompson side, but a uh, team from Buford did a great job. They did, and a lot of interesting results. But before we get to what happened in Week Zero, you got to go back to the off season. A lot of reclassification uh, every two years it happens. So we were in the 2020 to 2022 cycle. Now we're starting the 2022 to 2024 cycle. Uh, it basically follows two school years, and you know a lot happened across all sports. You had um, you know the debate between keeping it from areas to regions and in other sports. But football, we've always had the eight-ish teams regions, but. That continues to change, and I think in Class 7A, starting with the biggest classification, that is what has changed the most because you used to have nine teams down in Region 1. Now you have seven. You have nine teams in Region 2, which used to have seven. Region 3 stayed at eight. Region 4 stayed at eight. But a couple of teams moving in and out. You had Lee Montgomery and Opelika moving up to 7A. Opelika was always a team back in the old six of classification system that they were competing with teams like Hoover, uh, Prattville, Daphne, you know, to, to make a run towards the uh, Super 6 back then. And now it's Super 7 because the seven classifications. Um, but they move up into Region two to play with Central Phoenix City, Auburn, Prattville. Uh, so that's going to be a region game now between Opelika and Prattville. And then the other team that moved up was Chelsea moving from 6A Region 5, uh, coming from the region with Homewood, Briarwood, Mountain Brook, where they were typically were about the fourth playoff team. Now they get to come into fun 7A Region 3. Yeah, I think that's the, the biggest uh, shocker of all is Chelsea coming into Region 3. I mean, let's face it, they struggled for a couple of years in 6A. They haven't been able to take care of Region 3 and 6A. Now they're coming in here. And, you know, they've got a lot of catching up to do, that's for sure. But, um, you know, I visited with Chelsea this past week and, and had a good talk with the athletic director. And, you know, they're, they're positive. They're very positive about the move. They know that they're probably here to stay. A lot of people say, well, you know, some, some kids went over to Oak Mountain and that's going to bring them back down to 6A. It could However, Chelsea's growing uh, just, you know, subdivision after subdivision. So I'm thinking Chelsea's in 7A to stay. Yeah, when I, I kind of went through and looked at the numbers before we got to the actual reclassification. It's kind of an exercise I'll do. In the offseason, I looked at Chelsea and Helena both. And they both are right there at the mark of potentially jumping up, moving down. Of course, it depends on what happens with the Montgomery area schools, the Mobile area schools, the Huntsville area schools. You basically have those four major metro areas or where the four regions are. And I figured Opelika might would jump up. I figured Chelsea. I also thought Helena would jump up. Jump up. Helena played Chelsea in that first game. We'll talk about that in a second down there in Montgomery. Um, in 6A, a few interesting teams. Theodore dropped down from 7A Region 1. 
I think they actually might be one of the better teams in Class 6A now. They were competing for region titles in, in 7A. Uh, region 1, they're going to drop down B with Blunt, uh, McGill Tulin, who dropped down a few years ago, uh, you know, Saraland, Spanish Fort. St. Paul's moves back up from 5A. Region 1, they've gone back and forth due to size and due to the competitive balance rule that the AHSA implemented with the new 7A system. Um, Pike Road moves up from 5A into 6A. They were 3A when they first started, then jumped to 5, then jumped to 6, a really solid team. Um, in uh, Region 2. You had some regions shifting. My my Homewood Patriots, they've shifted all over the place. There, the, the thing with like 6A, 5A, those uh, the small classifications outside of 7A is if you're in the Birmingham area, it's, it's, it's kind of up in the air whether you end up in the north or the south because I played in the north some, I played in the south some. Homewood went from Region 5. Briarwood uh, went from Region 5. Um, you know, a bunch of other teams moved down to Region 3, and so now they're going to be playing in the South, so that means first, you know, round they're going to have to potentially travel to Mobile instead of traveling to Huntsville, but they did shift down Ben Russell, Briarwood, Calera, Chilton County, Helena, Homewood, Pelham, all the way down to Region 3. Shifting from Region 6 to Region 5, you had Gardendale, uh, Minor, Mountain Brook shifting into that region, um, and you lose Clay Chaltville, so Clay Chaltville now not a region game for Gardendale. Gardendale looked really good in Week 1. Clay Chaltville looked really good in Week 1. Clay is now with Centerpoint, who moved up, Pinson Valley, Shades Valley, Oxford, some of the same teams. The North, for the most part, stayed the same, other than some uh, teams moving. Gaston City moved into 6A. Lee Huntsville, May Jemison moved up from 5A. So that's kind of the major classifications. If you want it, you can go to the uh, Alabama High School Football Historical Society. They have literally everything you could ever possibly want on that website. I was just telling now you just gave away our secret. Well, I was just telling Jerry, I, I go look at <laughs> my own stuff from. I mean, my first championship was twenty years ago, right. and it makes me feel old. But I, I go back and look at stuff from two thousand two and see, you know, hey, how were teams playing then? How, what, what was you know. I always like to kind of compare classifications and see who the better teams are. When we were we were at the the Thompson Buford game, Buford had just moved up classifications right. in Georgia, so it's interesting to see how other states handle that. This week, Thompson's playing Lipscomb Academy. The way Tennessee does things, they're a two way private school, and so you think, oh, that's not a very good team, but it's a totally different you know classification kind of system. So it's fascinating to see all that. Fascinating to see reclassification and uh, the games that go along with it, but. We were at Milton High School yeah. in Georgia for what was considered the biggest matchup in the country when it came to the uh, you know the best ranked matchup between teams ranked in basically the top fifteen or so poll in, the, in every poll Max Preps HSFA which is the official NFL recognized poll and Thompson taking on Buford at Milton High School. You can call it neutral site, but I say it's like if the yeah. game was at Protective Stadium, it'd basically be a home game for Thompson. Right. It was basically a home game for Buford, but we expected a lot better game than we got from it. Well, Thompson's offense just turned the ball over, and you can't turn it over once, much less, I think it was four times, against a team like Buford and expect to win. So that was pretty obvious. But I think that that they answered a lot of questions. And I, I spent some time with Coach Freeman this week, and – and I know he got some questions answered, and he was very adamant. You know, he scheduled these first two games. It wasn't anybody else. He put the best team in Georgia and the best team in Tennessee, in essence, on the schedule to start the year to see what this young team had. And, of course, they lost a lot of players. Now, we got a couple of big names, you know, Tony Mitchell and, and Peter Woods. You know, they're coming back. They're, you know, Tony going to Alabama, Peter going to Clemson. So, you know, that's the names that everybody's going to say. But, you know, overall, Thompson's a young team. They got a lot of talent, I can tell you that. The talent is there. 
It's just how fast can they grow up and play football. Yeah, that offense young, uh, two pick sixes from the two quarterbacks that played, um, putting an eighth grader in in relief uh, of Zach Sims, who we all knew was going to be the starter, but you kind of wondered how he'd be as a full-time starter, not just replacing Connor Harrell like he did last year in that Hoover game. And then, you know, kickoff returns for a touchdown. There was a, a season-defining fumble in the, at, the, at the end of the first half. Thompson drove down to the four-yard line, fumbled it. That would have made it 7-7 at that point. Would have gone to halftime 7-7. But you see the final score, 38-7, and think, boy, Thompson has – it's easy for people to see that score – not have watched the game because we were over in Georgia right. and say, well, Thompson's not dead anymore. And that's what I've been saying all week. Score was not indicative of the game. And, you know, you hear that from time to time. And most of the time, it's always the team on the losing end that says that, you know, it's never the win team like they're We're homers play. by saying that because right. we call the so, games, yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, it was. Uh, and uh, Trent Seaborn, man, eighth grader come into the game. That's the only touchdown that Thompson scored. He led him down the field, had ice water in his veins unbelievably athletic young man i just can't imagine watching him play over the next few years he's something else so um and he and he completed it to a couple of sophomores i think were in the game and then the running back is a sophomore so that when i say they're young they're young but an eighth grader are you kidding me i mean come into the three-time defending state champ in the super region in alabama and lead that team down the down the field absolutely incredible incredible so I was very proud to see that. But you're right, two pick sixes, uh, a kickoff run back, and then we actually fumbled twice in the red zone. That fumble, we were at the one-yard line. They recovered it on the four, but we were actually a second goal at the one-yard line going into the end of halftime. So that was almost like a giant pulling a plug out of a a balloon on the Macy's Day Parade. (laughs) I mean, it's just like the whole thing fell. The wind went out of our sails. But we came back in the third quarter. Thompson did, played very good. Even at the end of the third, I think it was either 10 to nothing or 14 nothing. So we were still in it. And during that third quarter, that's when we fumbled again inside the 20. So, you know, it was uh, 38 to 7, I think, was the final score. So congratulations to Buford. I'm anxious to see uh, if they win the state championship in Georgia. Yeah, they are the number one team in the state of Georgia right now, according to to every poll, and uh, number three in the HSFA poll, and I think they moved up to 10th in the Max Preps poll. So when you look at the national landscape, when you talk about teams like IMG Academy, you talk about teams like Modern Day, Bishop Gorman, uh, you know, St. John Bosco, all the names you're normally used to, Thompson was there last year. They were a top five team until that Hoover loss still finished, I think, close to the top ten. And then uh, Buford now is that team uh, here in the south that everybody looks at, minus a team like IMG Academy. But other teams that you know are trying to threaten to move into those rankings, Hoover, they took on Auburn down in the AHSA kickoff classic down in Montgomery. You had Helena. They beat Chelsea pretty good on Thursday night, 28-6. to they sc- Helena scored on the opening kickoff, and that was all they needed to win the game. Um, we mentioned Chelsea, poor Chelsea, moving up to 7A Region 3 this year. We'll see how that plays out with the new coach. Helena won that game. But then Hoover and Auburn, as you know, we're sitting there doing our game, it's early. And as our game finished, by the time I got back to my uh, my Airbnb where we were staying, I looked and it was 14-0 Auburn pretty quick. And they ended up holding on to win. But Hoover yeah. tried to make a charge back, but Auburn got a big well, win. Well, they did. They tied it, I think. It was 14-all. And then, of course, Auburn kicked the field goal. But I understand this year everybody that was able to go to that game really enjoyed the the atmosphere at Crampton Bow. That's a great place to have it. I know a lot of the HSAA uh, sports have moved out of Montgomery to, quite frankly, just to tell you like it is, to better venues around the state, softball, baseball, and uh, to name the two biggest. But that's still Crampton Bow, 
great press box. Uh, they have a great end zone with the crossplex there. So that's still a great facility, and it's a great place to have this kickoff tournament. And that was a great ball game to start the season. It was. You just called the Champions Challenge. Thompson was champion, so didn't right. quite have that. But uh, Auburn and Hoover, basically your top four teams have been Thompson Hoover from Region 3, Auburn Central Phoenix City from Region 2. So you're right, that's a great venue. One of the most memorable games I, I in, in all the high school football I've ever watched was the two of us at Crampton Bowl watching Carver Montgomery and Jeremy Johnson right. play Chip Lindsey and Nick Mullins at Spain Park in the playoffs. Jeremy Johnson and Carver ended up getting the win, but yeah. you're right, it's a cool venue to be able to, to play. And I know, you know, teams like Carver play there because that's basically the city stadium that they play at just like you know here they play at Lawson Field or Legion Field but um, no uh, definitely memorable memorable games down there which is why the AHSA which is based in Montgomery plays those games there uh, other another 7A Region 3 and 7A Region 2 matchup Hewitt Trustville and Central Phoenix City this is a Central Phoenix City team we saw last year in the state championship when Thompson yeah. beat them to win their third in a row Hewitt and Central both trying to kind of find their footing now that you know Thompson graduated a lot of people and did not look good in that first game. Hoover gets a loss. Can Hewitt Trustville get a win? No. 7A Region 2 wins again. Listen, I'll probably never say this again while I'm covering high school sports, but for uh, Hewitt Trustville, Thompson, and uh, Hoover to lose on the same night is almost impossible, but it happened. And Vesavia lost and Chelsea yes, lost. So five right. 7A Region 3 teams lost. Tuscaloosa County, Oak Mountain, Spain Park right now on top of the region technically. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling just, you. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that because I learned a long time ago not to, this time of year, not to say anything because you don't know what they got. But Oak Mountain's going to be a little stronger than everybody thinks. But I thought that that was a great ball game. I think that Hewitt Trussell answered a lot of questions in that game as well. And, of course, we all know, you know, Patrick Nick's going to have a good football team. He's he's in a great town for uh, talent. So, they're going obviously we're coming back down again just the first game of the season you can already go ahead and say it central phoenix city and auburn in the south we don't know who's in the north part of the state yet and who knows what a team from region four may have james clemens having to replace the coach since he's now at hoover um you know taking over for josh niblett who went over to georgia to gainesville i didn't even see how they did this past weekend but um you know you're right at central phoenix city and auburn in, in 7A Region 3, though, a team I'm interested – probably the team I'm most interested to see how they play this year on top of the Thompsons and Hoovers because that's more of a national landscape, how they play, is Vestavia. Vestavia fell to Mountain Brook. That game was on Thursday night, 24-14. Former Mountain Brook defensive coordinator Robert Evans is now the head coach at Vestavia. It, it seemed like – it seemed last year with Vestavia and, once again, a coaching change, Buddy Anderson gone for the first time in you know 40-plus years – did they kind of found some footing towards the end of the season? We were, you know, uh, in Vestavia for that Thompson game when Thompson beat them pretty good, but you can kind of see little flashes here and there of their finding their way. A new coach again comes in. How long is that going to take for them to find their way in 7A Region 3? Let me ask you a question. Do you think uh, because Robert Evans played for Buddy Anderson, do you think we're going back to Buddy Ball in Vestavia this year? I'll say this, um, you know, seeing the stats, quarterback John Paul Head was 21 of 33 for 152 yards, plus rush for 113 yards. Seemed like he basically was the offense. He was that guy, but um, running it as much as passing it. At Vestavia, and I feel like they kind of got this way last year, you're never going to have a quarterback that's going to go out there and air it out for 300-plus yards. That's just not the, the style of football they play. So, right. you know, I'll be interested to, to watch them in person when, when Thompson plays them this season. But, you know, I have to imagine coming in that you're bringing a defensive-minded guy in to be your head coach and a guy who did play that style of football. 
And it worked. It worked for Vestavia. I mean, they had their down year, sure, but they had plenty of good years and plenty of wins over teams like Hoover. You know, a, a big rivalry game there over teams like Mount Brook, who they've played every single year Mount Brook's existed. Teams like Homewood, who they play this week, that they played every single year Homewood has existed. So those are kind of the measuring sticks for me. Yeah, Thompson, because they're good. Yeah, Hewitt, because they're good. But Mount Brook, Homewood, Hoover, to kind of see how they play. And he played a good game against Mount Brook. And he mentioned, uh, Robert Evans mentioned that last year's game was – um, I think like 27 to nothing at halftime. And this one was like 17, 14 at halftime. So that clearly there's a little bit of improvement there. And Mount Brook, you know, they, Chuck Yeager has been there for a long time, taking over for Joey Jones back in the day. So, you know, they've had a lot of consistency as well. So I would say that shows some improvement for Vestavia um, here in this game. Other games that we kind of had, Mark, it was interesting to see Enterprise beat Bay Florida 41 to seven. They hung up some points. And their next game coming up against Auburn, we'll review that here in a few minutes, but that's interesting. Fairhope, uh, 34-28 over Spanish Fort, Prattville, and Foley. That's a great way to kick off their season. Prattville won it 34-20. to Foley was in it. There was um, the uh, – Prattville scored their last touchdown late in the game, so it was close. They were within a touchdown and, and couldn't make it happen, but – those are two teams in the state that used to be powerhouses that would make 7A so much more interesting if they yep. were again. We said this last year. Prattville comes out on top. Prattville with J.B. Wallace. He's in, been there now, I think, four years, maybe five. I don't know, somewhere right in there. So I'm anxious to see how this team is going to do this year. No doubt. It is, you know, those are the names you're used to. I mentioned Opelika back in the day competing with teams like Hoover, Prattville, Daphne. Well, Prattville is a name that disappeared for a while, but we're wanting to come back. Daphne as well, Foley as well. You're right. It's good to see those teams in there. Uh, one other game real quick, uh, two, two games I want to mention real quick. Clay Chalville dominated Briarwood 48 to nothing. The number one question I got uh, when people asked me about high school football wasn't about Thompson. It was about Briarwood, and how do you have a Clemson quarterback commit uh, in Christopher Vizina that you, you put no – now, Clay Tovel's good, don't get me wrong. Right. Arguably, maybe even the best team in the state, regardless of classification. They're playing Thompson. That'll be a good game this year. But zero points. He was 13 of 22 for 93 yards. He was sacked four times. Clay Chalville only ran one offensive play in the last 15 minutes of the game and still outscored Briarwood 21 to nothing in that time. Because they had interceptions, they had kind of it kind of sounded like Thompson's right, <laughs> Thompson's right. offense throwing pick sixes. They had a punt block for a touchdown. So uh, really big win there for Clay Chavo. And also, I want to give shout out. This is a game that normally nobody would pay attention to, but Brindley Mountain was on a forty-three game losing streak, and they won their season opener against Cherokee twenty-six to twenty. So shout out to Brindley Mountain breaking that streak. It was the second longest streak I think in the state. That wasn't a region game, was it? I don't think it, was, it should have no, been a region game. Yeah, region but twenty-six twenty win over Cherokee. So kudos to Brindley Mountain. Just a couple other while we finish up last week's Athens beat East Limestone forty-nine to fourteen. Just acknowledge that because Athens always has a good team. Uh, Benjamin Russell, a lot of been a lot of talk going on in Alexander City about them. They beat Silicaga forty-one to seven. That was expected, but I'm just curious. I'm I'm really going to keep a close eye this year on uh, Benjamin Russell just to see how they did. And Pinson Valley beat Florence thirty-four to fourteen. That was not really a shocker, but the score might have been a little bit. And 
Jackson Olin beat Pelham 14-10. to 10. I was shocked by that. To be yeah, Jackson Olin in the post-Tim Vakakis era, era now that he is at Spain Park. You mentioned Ben Russell. They're in Homewood region now. I'm interested to see that because when I was first coming into high school was when Ben Russell and Homewood were the top teams in 5A. They played two straight, two straight state championship games against each other, including the longest ever overtime game in uh, state championship history here in Super 7 history. Five overtimes in 2000, and Homewood won that. They're in the same region now. Ben Russell kind of back and forth in their records each year. So we'll see what they do in 6A Region 3. All right, when we come back, uh, take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and look at this week's games. You still have non-region play for the most part, but you got some nine-team regions. We mentioned 7A Region 2. They're one of those starting region play this week. You mentioned Auburn Enterprise. That'll be a region game. We'll talk about some of those and some of the other major matchups, including some big 7A Region 3 matchups when we get back right here on Next Round Preps. Albritton and Artavino Family Dentistry, we know how valuable your time is. So if it's a crown you need, let us take care of it with our same-day crown service. We have the latest technology allowing us to build your custom crown right here in our office while you wait. Albritton and Artavino Family Dentistry is here to serve you. Albritton and Artavino are easy to find. Exit 238, that's the Alabaster exit, next door to American Family Care, or call them at 205-664-7610. Alabaster Living has been a major community supporter for years in the Alabaster area and is excited to introduce their new streaming TV channel. Alabaster Living Television can be found on Roku and Fire Stick and has new video content featuring Thompson High School, the city of Alabaster, local churches, businesses, and citizens added weekly. Just load ALTV to your streaming device and start watching to see all that Alabaster has to offer. You can also follow Alabaster Living on Facebook and YouTube to stay on top of everything going on in the community. Add ALTV to your Roku or Fire Stick device today. Hi, I'm Jerry Young. I want to tell you about Holloway Home Loans here in Central Alabama. Thomas Holloway is a former Oak Mountain Eagle who moved on to play his college ball and earn his degree from West Point. Thomas is still an Army Reservist and an expert in residential home mortgages, offering personalized service at an amazing price because he works for you and not the financial institutions. Call Thomas today at 205-413-2858 or you can email him thomas at hollowayhomeloans.com. That's Holloway Home Loans and Edge Home Financing, MLS 1985757. Cartridge World of Vestavia is well known for the lowest prices on toner cartridges, but are you aware of their free printer program? You heard right, there's no catch. Simply agree to buy your ongoing printer cartridges from Cartridge World of Vestavia and we'll provide you with a printer at no cost. A Cartridge World expert will personally consult with you to find out your business's exact needs so you can have a stronger bottom line. Visit Cartridge World of Vestavia Hills on the web or call 205-822-6767. That's Cartridge World of Vestavia. Welcome back in here to Next Round Preps. We talked about last week's games. We talked about the reclassification. Because of the reclassification, some regions are going to be playing region games this week. For the most part, though, you'll have non-region games, especially here in the Birmingham area. Um, you know, We'll get to 7A Region 3 here in a second. They're playing some out-of-state teams from Tennessee as well. But to, to kind of jump into it, um, looking at some of the bigger classification games, um, games that really interest me, I'm going to go with my alma mater, Homewood taking on Vestavia Hills. I mentioned the fairly close game against Mountain Brook um, that you had last week, 24-14. Mountain Brook got that win. Homewood and Mountain Brook used to be in the same region. They are not anymore. It's it's 
so funny how these teams that are right next to each other sometimes can be split. It, we even had a time at one point that Hoover and Spain Park were in – one was in the north, one was in the south, and they're literally in the same city. So, uh, like I said, Birmingham's kind of that – gray area you don't really know where you're going to be so this will be a good test for Homewood taking on Vestavia the game will be at Vestavia I like to plug teams into a calculator uh using the using the Massey index which kind of takes some a lot of stats into account Vestavia minus 17 and a half in this one so uh obviously as a Homewood alum I would like to see something a little different than that but Vestavia looking to get their footing with uh, Robert Evans I believe Homewood coming off a big win against John Carroll and you know, I never have asked you this, but as an alum of Homewood, isn't John Carroll and Homewood a rivalry game? It kind of is. The thing is, they've been different classifications since the in the new system. Uh, John Carroll's been 5A, Homewood's been 6A. The funny thing about that game is, and I always made this joke when we, cause we played John Carroll back when I was in school, is John Carroll is closer to Homewood than Homewood's football field is. Yes. So when you play an away game at John Carroll – you're technically playing closer to the school, Homewood High School, than you are at Waldrop Stadium, which is kind of around the other side of the city. And this game was played at Sanford. Homewood's kind of gotten in the, the habit of playing their opening game at Sanford, a little bit bigger stadium, cooler atmosphere for the kids and everything. And this one was played at Sanford. So John Carroll had to travel further to go to Sanford than they would have to go to Waldrop Stadium, Homewood Stadium. Homewood technically was a home team. They played a closer game than had they gone to John Carroll and played that um, as, as an away game. So it's so bizarre the way – and that's just the way the city of Homewood is. Homewood High School is landlocked. They can't build a football stadium anywhere around there. Sanford has most of the property around them. It's kind of fascinating to see, especially when you play John Carroll in that game. They have been playing Pelham, but they played John Carroll in it. But as the crow flies, the two stadiums, home stadiums, are not far apart at oh, all. When, when I'm playing at Waldrop Stadium, I can look up and see the yeah. lights for John Carroll Stadium because right. it's up on the hill right above it. So t- And then if you were to go over that hill – and down the road, you'd be at Homewood High School. So it right. literally splits the two, and they're right next to each other. It's, yeah, it's, it's just cool. Homewood's just a tiny city. It's hard to, it's hard to maneuver around a lot of it. You know, that it's landlocked. You have to build things where you can, and that's just kind of the way it's always been. Waldrop Stadium and the school, and then John Carroll's in between, and Sanford's in between, too, um, where they played that game. But, yeah, Homewood taking on Vestavia. That'll be at Vestavia uh, over there on that turf field. First ever turf field I ever played on was over at Vestavia. Um, now everybody has turf, seems like. Another interesting game, speaking of turf, Hueytown and Clay Chalville was supposed to be a big one this week. It's supposed to be at Hueytown. Their turf's not ready, so it's going to be at Clay Chalville. Right. And Hueytown lost to Ramsey last week. So I feel like Clay Chalville's in for another big win. Ramsey's going to surprise some people. You know, they've been good for the last yep. two or three years. A lot of people didn't expect that score, but I kind of did. Ramsey is going to be tough. You know, Ruben Nelson built that program into what it is. He's at Shades Valley now. Interested to see what he continues to do there, but it is a... I don't know if I would say powerhouse because they've only won one state title, but they usually make a little bit of a run. They're in 5A now. Their state title is actually in 6A over Opelika, um, who's you know always competing there for a state title. But, yeah, that program is really, really good. Um, some other games I'm looking forward to. Feel free to throw some out there as well. Um, a region game, St. Paul's at McGill-Tulin, a team moving up from 5A, a team that moved down from 7A and was in a couple state title games and won one um, in the, the early days of 7A. St. Paul's at McGill-Tulin. In that one, it's a region game. Also, Auburn at Enterprise. You mentioned that one, a big one there. I think that's going to be a closer game than a lot of people realize. Enterprise is a very proud school. You know, they were voted, I believe, on AL.com as the one of the toughest places to play or their facility i've never seen a game in enterprise so i haven't either i'd like to go down there but i understand their facilities are great and their atmosphere is really good let's go back up north though john bob jones and athens the reason i mentioned that athens score you know they're looking at a at a uh, 
they're six A in a region seven, and Bob Jones being a seven A school. Bob Jones lost last week to Muscle Shows by a big score, thirty one to seven, and then Athens beat East Limestone by a big score, forty nine to fourteen. I just think that's a great matchup up in the north part of the state. Head coach of Bob Jones, another tie. My former defensive line coach at Homewood and Birmingham Southern, Kelvis White, uh, was at May Jemison for a while, was at Dothan for a while, always done really good. Looking forward to seeing him this season at Bob Jones as well. Should be a good game there. Um, Gardendale, didn't mention that score from last week. Gardendale, they beat James Clemens 41-34. to Quarterback Tyler Nelson, he had 23 carries for 317 yards and three touchdowns, plus was 10 of 15 for 148 yards and two touchdowns, and he had a 93-yard touchdown run from the seven-yard line. He is impressive. Chad Eads has done an impressive job up there. They've actually beaten James Clemens, I think, two out of three times they've played him. And Gardendale, they're going to host Calhoun out of Georgia. So they're stepping out a little bit. Of course, he's a Hoover guy, so he Chad Eads comes from Hoover where they did that a lot. Right. But uh, Calhoun's a 5A runner-up from Georgia last year. Should be a good one there against Gardendale. Yeah, looking forward to seeing that. Let's talk about uh, um, Pinson Valley and McAdory. Uh, McAdory comes off a big win over Oxford, 34-21. Pinson Valley uh, with a win of 34 to 14. I think I misspoke on that while I go over Florence. So that's going to be a good matchup too. That is a, a 6A, two 6A schools from dis- different regions taking on each other. Yeah, Pinson Valley in, in uh, Region 6 there with Clay Chalville, of course, their big rival. Um, Shades Valley, where I mentioned Ruben Nelson. Centerpoint, who uh, comes up from 5A and then McAdory in that same region with, uh, you know, Bessemer City. Brookwood, Hillcrest, Tuscaloosa, Hueytown, Northridge, Paul Bryant. Both of those are playoff teams. They're teams that you expect to make a little bit of a run the playoff as well. They're teams that won't meet until the Super 7. Should they get to that point? I don't know that either one of them will necessarily get to that point uh, with the talent you have in 6A, especially Clay Chalkville out of the north. But, yeah, that should be a good one. All right, moving up to 7A Region 3. Um, you got any other games before we get to the big games we really want to talk about? Uh, no, I'll let you jump no, in no. there. I was, I, I'm trying to say it's like we, we're going to no, get we're going to get to this one eventually. I know, and you know, there's some you know different matchups. You know, I know that um, no, I really don't. There's some out of state teams that are playing. I know. Um, uh, I was looking at Guppies, Florida. They're playing Fairhope. That's going to be an interesting. I think Fairhope's going to be a pretty good team down in seven A Region One this year. I, I think they got too. a chance without Theodore to potentially win that region. Right. Um, yeah. they're the highest ranked team right now in the ASWA polls, which you know at this point. Who knows what's going to happen in high school? One interesting thing, Andalusia's uh, going to play Milton, Florida. I spent 20 years in Milton, was a play-by-play guy for Milton High School down in Florida for several years. So, How was Milton High School? Yes. Uh, do what? How is it? Uh, it's good. Good football team. Matter of fact, one of the years I was there, I called state championship for Milton. So uh, I don't know who the coach is down there anymore, but that's just interesting to me to see Andalusia cross the line. That'll be That'll be fun to keep up with that score. Not to be confused with Milton, Georgia, where we were last That's right, week. Which I've been confused. <laughs> Let me go back to that game just a minute since you brought that up. I think once we got there, the venue was great. It was. But Milton, Georgia is located in the middle of a residential community that has very narrow two-lane roads <laughs> with roundabouts, okay? Now, you got two games going on that's and, the biggest part is the two games right, going on at the so same you time. got a five o'clock game and a seven or eight o'clock game you've got national attention on you and i want to tell you that was the hardest we got I, I mean i got there real early and i still couldn't believe it i followed the buses in it was just a it was an interesting place to have <laughs> that type that caliber of a game 
It you was. would think they would have moved it to a college in Georgia. I thought they might have played at Turner Field. You know, now it's Georgia State's football right, field. Right. I don't know if maybe there's another high school game there, but this was a neutral site game. Milton played the second game against Lisbon Academy, who we'll talk about in a second. But for that first game, I'm like, this is technically a neutral site game. They play games on Saturday after us. They play two games on Saturday as well. Uh-huh. That seems primed for Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That seems primed for Turner Field, which is now a good football stadium. Right. There's a lot of places to play in Georgia Tech. Go to Georgia Tech and play it. That's right. Uh, of course, Thompson travels very well. They were There was not a seat in the house on the visitor packed. side. There's a lot of folks standing. I'd say two or 300 people standing over there. So to have a national game uh, for, for military with proceeds going to Wounded Warrior Foundation and that sort of thing, to not have enough seats, to not have enough roads to get people in and out. It was a madhouse. Getting out was crazy because it really was. We were So Thompson, 7A school, and then a school in Buford that just moved up to 7A in Georgia, all going out as everybody is coming in from – now Lipscomb at least is a small school, but Milton, the home team. So it's like, it's like playing this at Hoover. Yeah. Imagine if Thompson played Buford at Hoover and then Hoover was playing – you know, a team like Lipscomb Academy, let's say they're playing a big team from out of state, right. like they're doing this, they're playing a Tennessee team this week too. Everybody from Thompson's having to get out of there as all the Hoover people are now finally coming in. So the whole city is collapsing in on you as you're yeah. trying to get out of there. And, you know, not just in the parking lot in the roads, but also, too, they had to empty the stadium, and they were trying to do that. They opened the gates too quick, so you still had crowds of people trying to get out of the same gates, supposedly. We're having Even to be offensive the, linemen, push, our, push people out of the way yeah, as we're getting out. it was just a madhouse. So I, I think the game was great. I'm not saying anything. I just would love for them to redo that and put it at a, at a better site. Yeah. It, it, overall, it was a good atmosphere outside of uh, dealing with all the crowds. All right, two Tennessee teams coming into the state of Alabama to take on uh, the two teams that are around here we consider the top teams. I know a lot of people would say Auburn and Central Phoenix City belong in there now. Bartlett out of Tennessee is coming in to face Hoover. I thought, oh, cool, they're playing an out-of-state team too. I looked at it. Bartlett was a 6-4 and four team last year in 6A in Tennessee, not quite as good as I thought uh, that matchup would be. My, I plugged it in. Hoover was a five-touchdown favorite in that one, so not qu- quite as big a game there as Hoover playing Auburn last week but still playing some out-of-state competition but then the big one will be at once again one of the highest ranked matchups I think modern day and Bishop Gorman are playing each other I think they're the top two teams in the country so that's right. probably the one national people are paying attention to but still Thompson just outside the top 25 on max preps Lipscomb Academy just outside the top 25 coming in from Tennessee the biggest storyline here the head coach of Lipscomb Academy former NFL quarterback Trent Dilfer yeah, he who's won been there the for a couple Bowl years in 2000 so you know yeah you're right big name and even bigger than that won a state championship right. last year but you know what uh last time I checked he don't get to play a down so no, uh, you know, still got to put the kids out there and that's uh that's gonna be a game here's the big thing about that game first of all it's on Saturday night which yep. is unusual it's at eight o'clock our time which is you know past my bedtime yes I mean it is I mean we don't kick off to eight which means everything shifts i'm glad that it's on a saturday to kick off the season no college games it's the only game on espn on saturday night so thompson and this part of alabama the whole state of alabama about to get some serious notifications uh uh, big time about what we do of course i'm biased you can watch it on the warrior nation network if you want to see the real feed that's right uh you know and all the alabama pride that's going to go on in that game but espn is going to showcase the game too which is why it's on saturday at 8 p.m let me clarify that you can't watch it live on the warrior nation network espn has cut our feed oh yeah i forgot you can listen to listen to it though live and then the replay of our broadcast on the warrior nation network will be tuesday night at 7 30 
And, you know, they take all the fun away from all this, put it on ESPN. I get it. But after this, then you can watch it live on the Warrior Nation Network. You know, I get it. Why would you even pick on a a high school's local broadcast? But Warrior Nation Network, we're known nationwide. I get why ESPN's got the exclusive. Oh, yeah. So uh, that game will be on national TV. If you do want to watch it live or you can listen to Jerry and I on the call on the Warrior Nation Network, warriornationnetwork.org, or WN Network 1 on Twitter. Um, I plugged that one in, my little calculator. Yeah, Tom- Thompson was nine-and-a-half point favorite in that one. So, okay. um, you know, they were nine-and-a-half point favorite over Buford, too, when I plugged it in last week. But the thing is, at this point in the season, you don't know. You don't know what every, every team has, especially high school. High school turnovers, even more than colleges. I mean, you never know what's coming in because nobody pays attention to middle school programs and freshman right. programs and JV programs, uh, which is where all these players are coming in. But should still be a good one. Lipscomb Academy at Thompson. That game will be on Saturday. Every other game we've mentioned for the most part, I think it's going to be on Friday, the standard Friday at 7 p.m. time. But uh, that Thompson game will be Saturday at 8 p.m. Before we wrap this show up, I just want to mention some first-year and second-year head coaches because I'm, I'm curious as to watch them build. We talked about Todd uh, Cassidy at Chelsea, first-year head coach. Uh, Lee Giss at Pinson Valley takes over for Sam yep. Shade, who moved on to the college ranks. Keith Etheridge in his second year down at Auburn. He's had time. Robert Evans, his first year at Vestavia. Ben Blackman at Enterprise. That's notable. Uh, of course, Wade Waltrip at Hoover. Uh, McGahee at James Clemens. It's only his second year. Spain Park with uh, Tim Bacacus is uh, his first year. And Tyler Crane in his second year at Oak Mountain. Yep. So, that's going to be some interest in the coaches. You know, first and second year getting settled in, what are they? They're Especially second-year coaches now. They've had some time to teach their kids their system. We'll see how it goes. A lot of new faces. You mentioned 7A Region 3, Josh Floyd, Mark Freeman. Now, uh, you know, the elder statesman in that, of course, obviously coming from other big programs before that. But, right. um, you know, it will be interesting to see what happens. And I'm telling you, Keith Etheridge at Auburn, especially seeing that first big win against Hoover. I agree. If Auburn made their way all the way – it's in Auburn this year, isn't it? It is. Seven. So if Auburn made all, their trek all the way, you know, five minutes down the street to Jordan-Hare Stadium and ended up winning it all – wouldn't shock me at all. Now, I know we come from Thompson, so that's who we expect to play right. uh, Auburn in that game. But they almost had it two years ago until Thompson made that last second, uh, you know, drive and field goal to win the game. And I think Heath Etheridge is a guy that can get him back. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking so forward to Central Phoenix City and Auburn game, too. I mean, that's uh, – whew. Should That's be a good like one. Thompson and Hoover, isn't it? <laughs> but we'll get to Thompson and Hoover. We'll get to Auburn Central Phoenix City. That'll be all the way in week nine. It'll be all those teams' week 10 games because in week 10, more teams are off than they are in week zero. That's just how the AHSAA works. Calling it week zero for whatever reason. This is a technically week one, but most teams' second games. We'll have all the recaps for you right here on Next Round Preps. Every Thursday at 1 p.m., we'll release the podcast. We even have a video now. You can see us in the Next Round studio. Cool TVs behind us and everything. I John look good, don't I? I, I got to put a hat on it, having a bad hair day, representing my old radio show, all that kind of stuff anyway. So uh, we'll be on video now Thursday at 1 p.m. This will always release, and we'll recap all the games from the week before, preview all the games coming up like we just did on this one. And then, of course, once we get to about week six or seven that bracketology starts up and we'll let you know who's going where when it comes to the ahsaa playoffs for all classifications for jerry young i'm john lunsford this has been next round preps